All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome. Happy Tuesday. I'm glad you could join us live. We don't do these live on Tuesdays normally. Do you hear my mic? Can someone, uh, Tom, can you hear my mic okay? I hear you fine. Can oh, you hear perfect, me? Perfect. I can hear you fine. I've been having some mic troubles ever since that one time. We're getting some major interference. And you know what that's all about. For oh, sure, my yes. Yes, we do. It's happening today all over the place. I tried to call my mom and uh, all I got was my own voice speaking back to me. They rerouted the phone back to me as if I called myself. <laughs> you know, this is so crazy. And, uh, you know, something Christy and I didn't talk about, but ju just the other day. Uh, oh, I sound quieter than Tom. Okay. Well, I'm holding the mic up. This is the best I could do right now. I got to find out what's going on uh with but like for instance uh christy and i were doing a broadcast and literally they were turning on and off the camera <laughs> christy didn't they make your mouse go like to an inch tall yes 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 they did they made my mouse about 30 times larger than normal flash the the uh, camera light several times and then your mic like on the talking to us. Yeah, yeah they were. Mm -hmm. We said hi back. <laughs> we we <did>. said hi. <laughs> That's what we do. We talk to them. We actually hear the male voices talking while we're talking on uh, someone on our party on the phone. We'll hear the male voices talking on the phone. Yeah, it's Amazing. it's yeah. I've, I haven't heard, I, I, I always, um, they always tune in anytime I'm, I'm speaking to my dad because <laughs> they know he's, he's giving me like real on the ground information versus like what we're hearing on the news mm -hmm. and where he is. <laughs> so it's all very interesting. Let's just say. That's a standard tactic. If they, they actually tap in family members because they think you'll be sharing things through family, most of all. So that's the most productive tap. Mm, interesting. Yep. That makes sense, Tom. <laughs> It certainly does. Hey, everyone, welcome. Uh, glad you could join us tonight. Get the likes and shares out there. People are not used to us having a uh, uh, show live here on Podbean. Normally do a video show, and uh, it's pre-recorded, and we post it on Podbean. It would come live about this time. So uh, people are expecting a show but not expecting it live. And, hey, Eric, good to see you, man. Good to see you. And, uh so there's, there's a few things going to just uh, knock out of the park here uh, right away, if you don't mind. First one is, I hope you had a happy Illuminati Day. <laughs> because apparently July 4th is actually the birth of the Illuminati. Uh, mm -hmm. But hey, we, we celebrate our independence because we are taking our independence back. And uh, in Canada, we're doing the same here. Uh, there was a great turnout for the protests in Ottawa, and uh, I had a whole event thing scheduled. It kind of, kind of went to crap this weekend for me. Didn't get out to the house, uh, but you know uh, we uh, still made the best of the circumstances. Uh, so some of you are wondering why I posted, uh, you know that. Uh, that we decided not to air the show. And this is the first time in Right on Radio history we decided not to do this. And it was a mutual decision uh, between Christy, Tom, and myself. Uh, we, we did a two-hour broadcast earlier. And listen, the tensions are high. We're uh, almost at the end. And, and Tom is like almost victorious here. 
folks. He is so close. He's at the, he's at the, you know, he's gone eight. He's at the twenty yard line, you know, <laughs> and he just has to go that uh, that last little bit there to get there. But this is when the real test is. This is when the the defense mounts, and this is when you know every they stack the lines and. And there's all kinds of things going on, and uh, you know there there was a lot of emotion uh, because you know in part of the conversation uh, there was remembrance of Tom's two sons who were taken away from him, and you know as soon as that happens, uh, look and and Christy and I were just as emotionally involved, uh, well not just as, but you know in perspective, you might say, and. Uh, there were some things going on, and then and then we weren't hearing each other properly, and uh, and you know what? I, I just really think that the, the you know some spirits out there want us divided, but uh, we've come back together. Uh, Tom and I had a great conversation afterwards. Uh, it was a loving conversation, as you would expect from two brothers, um, and you know we just want to. Uh, we're we're in this fight together. We're fighting the same enemies, and. Mm. It's really important to note. So uh, this is going to be a really good show. Uh, it always is with Tom on, of course. Uh, but I'm just going to set a little bit of uh, what we were talking about uh, to start off with. And Tom, we're not going to bring up any contentious parts of the conversation by any means um, in either direction, I'm sure. Sure. I mean, um, we're allowed to disagree on whatever. And um, as long as we get the work done, we got to get the work done. We are working through a gray area and we're going to beat this thing and we're going to win. We're all on the front lines and we're in the battle mayhem. We're going to win this. And I, I celebrate you. I lift you. And uh, it's nice to meet Christy too. Well, amen. So one of the things that we were talking about and the reason, you know, Tom, we had another guest that was going to be coming on on Tuesday, but I actually bumped the guest because when I talked to Tom on Sunday, there was really some urgency. And, uh, you know, Tom's in a, in a kind of decision mode, like, you know, which, which way to go uh, in this fight. And, you know, there, there's many different directions and no one knows the answer for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of thought that maybe Tom was putting himself in danger, but Tom, uh, wants to protect his kid. And, and so that's kind of where, where the thing went, what kind of got steering in, in a direction that, you know, just, uh, was, was emotional is the way I would put it. And look, we're all emotional people and, uh, and it's good to have passion. It's good to have, uh, you know, trepidations about certain things, uh, these are all natural for us to experience, especially in the atmosphere where there is so much confusion out there and no one seems to have all the answers. Well, except for if you read the 66 books of the Bible, but we can, uh, we could probably agree on that. But anyways, uh, you know, it is a very confusing time and, we want to get through it, and one of the things where we were just going to get to is in Tom's script, The Immortals. And by the way, for the new <coughs> listeners, Tom wrote the screenplay, The Immortals. He's done lots of other things. He's been on Broadway. He's uh, a very, very gifted author, super intelligent man. Uh, but the, the script, The Immortals, was a prophetic script. I'm the one who... Uh, who made that claim first? I think everyone agrees now, and uh, and particularly Tom. And when we go further into the script now, 
uh, because we're coming up on these food shortages and things like that in America right now. Well, this is actually in uh, Tom's script. And uh, I want to point out something that, that, Tom, you made a point earlier, Tom, and maybe you could pick it up here, is, um, you know, the military and stuff like that. People are saying the military is the only way and everything else. But in your script, uh, it was actually just to make people lackadaisical. Explain That's right. that. Okay, this is really cool because there's actually layers where they try to confuse the layers and blend things and get people to believe that everything's being done for them. That's a tactic that people need to realize that right now the delete, as you call them, Jeff, are trying to do a program infiltrating truth community, things like this, to get people to believe it's all being done for them. Don't do anything. It's all being done for you. The military is going to step in, rescue you. Everything's going to be handled. There's tribunals. It's all being done. That's actually basically in the work. What's happening is there's a reason for people disappearing. And the food shortages are, if we're at the point of food shortages now, which is in the screenplay, we're at the final moments of the roundup and reset. And I can understand why the other side's freaking out because no one's supposed to know the real plan from the inside. And so what you have right now is the, they claim these tribunals. Well, in the screenplay, people are supposed to believe who are outside the program, free people outside the program, are supposed to be believing that everything's being done for them. And it is not. What's happening is elite in the, in the screenplay, let's say the screenplay world, the elite are being pulled away, disappearing, because they're being set aside for the reset, be brought back after the reset occurs and the harvest and the purge. So the reason they don't want people to see the elite disappearing or delete is because they are actually starting to receive the anti-aging program. The anti-aging that Stanford and IBM are talking about, the red batch, which I was actually offered. So what happens is they don't want the public seeing them not delayed aging and, and younger, looking younger, because that would, they say, concern, concern the elite. There would be riots and, and uh, people being very angry. They would want it for their children. And they actually put in the news that this immortality, basically longevity thing is happening. And it's not for the general public, just like it says in the screenplay they would try. It's only for the elite. It's only for those that are being selected because it's not tested yet for the general public. What does that mean? Alder Carbon by Joel Silver. Let me just wrap this one point up on this question. Alder Carbon by Joel Silver is based on the idea that's the premise of my work. He is the one who claims half the or a third of the Matrix franchise stole the work. That the rich in the future have immortality. The poor is used as pawns. And that's exactly the theme of the work. And they call it the greatest sci-fi concept ever. That's the immortal's theme. And, and that's exactly what's going on because, you know, you were so far ahead of your time with this, Tom, uh, mm -hmm. obviously, because uh, they their goal is to become gods. They think yes. they will become gods. They think yes. they will be immortal. That's it. Totally, Jeff. And what the plan was, and they, they don't know how we got all this, but the plan was actually to fake the second coming of Christ. Pat Robertson of the religious right was going to do it with the Hollywood studios. And it was a, it was a way the elite could then give people to give up their free will. Look at it. That's why in The Matrix, the ripoff version, you have the oracle babbling with the architect about how he's supposed to handle free will. Well, they're trying to hack or hijack the Bible, not just the immortal screenplay, but the Bible itself, to use us that are conditioned as Judeo-Christian believers and other sects. 
that we're supposed to give our free will over to Christ when Christ returns. So they're actually trying to simulate a second coming of Christ. It's already in the Toronto Star. They put an article in about this plan that Robertson was, yes, planning it. It's all out now. And they were going to alter the skies, uh, make trumpets come, sound like they're coming from the sky. It's all in the immortals in order to have people give her their free will over. But it's, it's all there. Now, t t today, that's, you know, a lot of people are considering that project Blue Beam. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't know that title. But that sure fits oh, the blue oh, pill. Yeah. Well, Project Blue Beam, they can, they can make a... Uh, a UFO that's, you know, five football fields long mm -hmm. appear in the sky and look 100% real, sound real, everything. Like a holographic projection. Yeah, yes. and they, you know, the other thing is, guys, they, they actually did this in China uh, for Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. If you go back and watch the Chinese New Year ceremony, everything was in the sky. And it wasn't fireworks. It was, it looked very real from whales you know, in the sky to, you know, because they are, I believe they're trying to get people used to seeing things as, oh. as they are used to us taking things, right? Like, in other words, yes. taking it, wearing the mask, you know, how much will people take? Mm -hmm. You know, um, mm -hmm. my mom is literally like gone into a, a nursing home to visit her friend. And, you know, all of the ladies there are saying, oh, they've had their fourth, like, fourth vaccine. Yeah, yeah, that that thing. Yeah. So they've had that. Um, and, um, and then, you know, other friends of hers that worked for Big Pharma, um, they required them to take it. And um, she's been in bed, like actually fell 17, I think it was $17,000 with the dental surgery, mm -hmm. where the lady fell. Um, just from, you know, having to take this for her work. And I know that we all know these stories, okay? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I'm not trying to go to that, but I'm just saying they're getting people so used to things. And people now know, people that have had things happen to them, have you know, they, they now realize, like people like us early on, I mean, because, you know, these are some of the same people that I got in somewhat arguments with early on trying to you know kind of beg them to like do their own research mm -hmm. they claim that they did they claim that even the elite doctors who were retired told them it was the most safe and effective v in the entire world well mm -hmm. how can they even say that like mm -hmm. how can anyone mm -hmm. say that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially when long-term effects haven't even been assessed yeah, and, and but and, and then how can people actually believe that either right. without questioning they want to see the proof, you know, especially when there are those of us who have questioned the proof. So it's kind of like, you know, how can they do this, you know, in terms and, and actually mind control people to the sense that they will accept. And I know most of the people listening to us on this show know um, there may be new listeners that don't, mm -hmm. um, but Tom, when it comes to, when it comes to what they've tried to get you to do, can you mm -hmm. kind of explain like a little bit more of your background, just in case they don't go back and listen to the whole shows with like you and Jeff, can you just give a little bit of your background about what they've done to your family and how they've you sure. know, not only divided you, but like taken them out? Absolutely. I thank you for the invite to do it. I also feel led to contribute with that the um, understanding that this piece, as Jeff said, prophetic work, it was sent through me. I was supposed to be obedient in the rendering. 
I don't even know why. I didn't know why I was putting things in like the silver pen for the architects. I didn't know why I was putting the second council where the Jewish people had a second council in it. I didn't know why there was, had to be a stadium. I didn't know why all these things were going in, but I was supposed to be faithfully rendering what I was given. So it's not about Tom's glory. It's, it's different than the Hollywood circuit where it's about the author being lifted up as the top guy. In my situation, God was asking to be faithfully done. The glory goes to God. He made that pair, pay, very clear. The glory is to go to him, not to me, or I'm in trouble. So the thing is that I worked it in order to whisper through art in the mainstream Hollywood to reach people, thinking it would be for the future. So that parameter and groundwork laid, that's where I'm at. The case was thrown, of course. They say you lost in court. We haven't had our fraud case yet. But my background is, yes, I was from the bloodlines of um, actually the lineage of David. Also, um, in the Battle of Hastings in 1066, something the delete actually look for to as a pivotal point in history. Um, my relative, the Frampton, was knighted at that battle by William the Conqueror. And then you've got me from Swiss royalty, nobility, where there's actually a castle in our family's name, uh, in the name, and also uh, the forest and everything else is there. And we were of nobility of the Swiss. So all this bloodline is very important to them. They really do that. That's why I was being cast to be the face of the Christian coalition for Pat Robertson's uh, religious right. I was supposed to be his number one man because of my face and my bloodlines. Because that face and the blue eyes, which become the blue pill, was supposed to be influential to people. So they're using the, the, what they consider assets. So yes, uh, my children were killed, my two sons, and I was told that um, they were murdered. They want you to know because they want to set up a situation which is laid out in minority report, I'm it's all been explained to me, where Steven Spielberg actually lays it out that Captain John Anderton, my dad's rank captain in the Navy, my dad's name John, and Anderton is our Scottish clan name, Anderson with a T on it. Uh, he is supposed to be put away on a 302 stasis as a pre-crime of mass murder because Sean, Sean, his son, was murdered. My son, Sean, was murdered after that movie was made. And that's what Spielberg. So what's going on is they are trying to put us in our own films, basically, and control the narrative and try to, as Jeff said, outwit God, take the place of God, play gods in our world. But they are small men and women who really have no power and a lot of fear, where we're not supposed to fear. We're supposed to follow God to finish this. So I'm a writer. I actually did film studies with script writing classes or for my master's degree work at Power Robinson University. I only had my comps and orals to go and they took it all away. Everything was taken away because I got involved or was brought in to the sex ring. And when I was brought into that, then I lost everything. And so that's part of the documentary story that's now coming forward in the documentary and where the work actually comes from. Pat Robertson was running for president in 1988 when I first started approaching this work. He made sure it went to Disney. He made sure it went to Universal and Warner Brothers through his own connections in Hollywood. So he did not want this material being revealed. So he made sure his players pretended to be helping me to make sure it got in the hands of the other one that shares the sex ring, Disney. Yeah, and so thanks for giving the background again, Tom. I know you sure. to say that a few times, but we, we have we have new listeners every time you come sure. on, and we want to make sure that people understand the story. And one other thing that uh, people not, might not understand as well is uh, we, we've never done this before on air, but there was a, uh, in, in our Diggs channel on Telegram, someone had posted the suggestion 
that we stop calling these people elites and start calling them deletes. So we're putting that into our modern vernacular and we're calling them deletes because we are going to delete them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, th- things are going to happen. And so uh, there's a couple things, you know, uh, and I, I just think back to the Kim Clement prophecies, uh, you know, especially from February 22nd of uh, 2014. And, uh, you know, God said his plan was so smart that uh, only he could have thought of it. And, you know, it, it seems that, you know, he planted this script into Tom's hands, you know, mm-hmm. almost 30 years ago now, right, Tom? About three decades. It, it was actually officially yeah. delivered to their hands June 25th, 1993. Yeah, so it, it's 30 years. And, uh, you know, and now we have all this stuff playing out and coming upon us. And mm-hmm. one of the things I want to say is, you know, power outages, um, food shortages, and we're going to get into more detail on what this script says about that, but these things, they seem to be happening, folks. We, we see all the evidences happening around us, but I don't think that they plan, they, did, they didn't realize that as many people would wake up during COVID as they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say probably 30% of the world population has woken up. Uh, that's just a guess. I don't know the exact number, but it seems that way just in my travels. And, you know, when the food shortages come, that's when we get the mass awakening out Mm of the, by the way, Christy, you were saying uh, how they, they've programmed all the people. Well, it's called mass formation is what they did. And so that's another thing I'd want to ask you about, Tom. Do you have anything about the mass formation psychosis in your script? Well, we, if I understand you correctly, what you're asking me, Neuralink is copyrighted in the script way before Elon Musk claims it. He was put in position to claim it, and he's the one that claims Neuralink now. But that's actually in the script throughout where they can do mass um, messaging and things like this because we become dependent on the Neuralink for our thinking. The jacks of the neck that Wachowski said they want to do for real is from our screenplay. And so the idea is that, you know, God put that there. God's, God's smarter than man. And so he put all this tech in there too. Surrey, iPad, um, Neuralink. All this is from God putting it through back in, what, 89 to 1993. And so that is a device to make sure that people can be, uh, they, they become dependent on it. If it's removed, let's say one of the biggest punishments you could have is have your Neuralink removed where you become dependent on it. Memory is basically a muscle. You have to learn with discipline, and that's in the screenplay too. The ramifications of being dependent on a neural link is that you'll become a babbling idiot and you'll lose all your memories if it's pulled because you become dependent on it to have your memories, to store everything, to give your information where you lose the discipline of thinking, that struggle to remember that we go through. So we do have a kind of a neural link right now, and it's in everyone's hand, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, people are lost without their cell phones. If, if, if you were going to go on vacation or something like that, and you were two hours away from your house and you'd forgot your cell phone, you would turn around and go back and get your cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people need their cell phones so much and they depend on it for their news. They depend on it for everything right now and for their information. And so, May yeah, I? I, don't think, I don't think anybody could even get two hours from their house without their phone. If we think yeah. about it, if we think logically, 
Yeah. You know, I think that's a great point, but I don't think that people could even get two hours from their house. I would say that they probably couldn't get 20 minutes from their house without their phone because they use probably it for directions true. and everything. Probably true, Christy. And what's interesting is God gave the answer in the screenplay too. He gave all these answers. You can imagine the author going like, oh my God, all this stuff that Bonaventura, who is from Warner Brothers, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, is the producer who had me pitch it to him, who still claims he discovered and shepherded it from Warner Brothers. All the answers are there. Imagine me having all these answers and I'm just going, wow, and not being able to give that gift over. But there's an answer to this thing about the phones and the neural link that God gave in the script itself. And that is when the Trinity character is telling the Neo character, Neo character has to learn how to function without the enhancer, without the neural link. And he's told, I'm gonna to lose all my memories, but you have three days to do it before the, um, the Oracle's warned about the coming Armageddon thing. And so he's told, think on three or four memories that you most cherish and hold on to them because you're going to lose all your power, capacity to have memory, basically, for a while. And you're going to lose all those memories because your neural link is diseased. There's a warning right there that can happen. And so what happens is he says, well, how do you do it? And she says, think on what matters. So our answer to the situation that we've been put on tech and everything with now, with the phones and everything else, is people need to realize right now, start thinking on what matters, your love of God your love of loved ones. Cherish those memories, have the discipline to have them, because in the rest that may come, in the situations that are about to happen, you need to hold to those. You need to realize why you're moving the way you're moving, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're going to keep going on, is you need to hold to what matters most and have that locked in your heart and your mind. That's your love of God and your love of each other. I have a lot of passion when I say it. I feel it. Yeah, and Tom, you're right. That's right. exactly why that show this morning was not a mistake and we were meant to do this just for those okay. words alone. That's, right. That's really important. It That's is. Right. And, and I do believe like the show that we did earlier today, you know, Tom, if you think about it, what's going on today, CERN starts back up today, right? I mean, so think about what's against, like, you know, what's against us right now, mm -hmm. you know, what they're trying to do and the divisiveness and just any little thing to try to, you know, get you, you know, or any, any of us, you know, to be against the other. And I think we just have to be the opposite, you know, like that's the way they want us, you know, and I think, you know, with the enemy, I've, I've also said, you know, when you're on social media, cause confusion for them, go into your, go into your profile and say that you don't know what gender you are. You know, like we know what gender we are. Heck yeah, we do. Go in there and put that you're the opposite political party. You know, like just confuse the heck out of them too. We don't have to, we don't have to succumb to what the world thinks. Okay. So think about it. Your friends that really know you, they know what you are. They know what gender you are. They know what political party you are. They know what you believe in, but that doesn't mean you have to tell the enemy that. Mm -mm. Yeah, and what you just said too, thinking on what matters too is such that Jeff and I will continue our relationship strong as brother and friend because it matters. You think on what matters. No matter what happens to us, we think on what matters as our core. God has given us that gift to do that. And that means we can last through all these things. Also, thinking in layers means they can't pigeonhole us, they can't entrap us, they can't program us because our mind's always aware in different layers. That's how the piece was written. God had me learn that in order to write this piece. And the Wachowskis still don't understand it. The ones that claim they wrote it, they still don't understand the work. Because God gave that ability to think in layers. And therefore, we, are, we can't be, you have to have somebody focus in on their beam in order to be programmed. 
And if we're always aware of other things at the same time, they can never get us to focus in on their trick of cards. That's exactly right. And, uh, and I think, you know, earlier, if you think about the show, I mean, you know, I'm going to say this because I think, I think a lot of Jeff for just saying, Hey, let's redo the show. Okay. Because, you know, it does take time and, and Tom, you too. I mean, just to be able to say, redo it. Like this is not, this is not godly. This is not meant to go out there because it was a divisive, it was a divisive spirit that was in the air. It was something very personal, which was a personal yes. discussion of friends with the highest stakes. And I said, Jeff and I both said, let's do this. Let's do this show tonight. And I think that speaks very highly of two guys that mm -hmm. had, couldn't have the stakes higher. Jeff's getting hit or hammered. I'm getting hit and hammered. I had a number of calls today saying about beware, stop talking. So many people, it's now coming forward with contacts, coming forward and saying, you've won, you've won. But with that comes a rider that also you're in great danger. And Jeff said that very eloquently too. You know, when you get this close to the line, finish line, because everything's in the work. Everything's yes. there. Praise and, God. And it's they want to, and they want to rake, they want to break you in when you're, when they're, they know that they've lost and that you're at the finish line because they know you're going to win. So they want you as a part of them. Yeah, and, they do. But here's the deal too, Chris, is that this, their main tactic is a 302. I think a lot of people out there need to be aware of this. Mm -hmm. If you're targeted, a 302 is the go-to move right now in this country, probably the world. What happens is they will accuse you, someone, a loved one, or a family member will say, he or she said, they'll say about you or me, he said he's suicidal. He verbally said that. He said that he's going to kill somebody. Those two statements together means they're going to come and haul you off. And there's no trial, there's no attorneys, you're set away for the criminally insane, you'll never get out, they say. And that's the thing, I will never say that. And I would never call the person and say it to them because they're, they're, they're evil, they're bought out, the person that claims it. They give them credentials in order to try to back it, but I would never call that person. So they'll end up saying, he calls me all the time saying this, yeah, as if. But that's the things I wanna make clear. For any of us that are targeted, I'm gonna say it right now, I will never hurt somebody. I will never say I'm suicidal to someone. I'm not. I love life. I love my Lord. That'd be contrary to my God I love and my loved ones. That's my son, my mom. But I will also never say they're going to suicide or, or kill somebody. I'm not going to say that. That's just throwing everything away. I'm certainly not going to say it to their main contact put in place to receive it. So that's the only parameters they can use is they have to have someone say it. So for those that are targeted, make sure you make statements. You will never say you love life, you will never say these words because they're going to get people to say it given credentials and the SWAT team will come based on that, on their word, even though you never would say it. That's very important to establish, I think. Yes, I agree. I agree, Tom, because that's, it is something. And, and for those of you who are new and joining, that's one of the biggest tactics that they, they do at the very beginning with almost every survivor of anything or any whistleblower that's going to try to tell they try to they try to discredit immediately um, with these mental institutions absolutely and now we have a look into their world because the contacts that are contacting me that are saying we won the chess game that we've got this now well there's still more work, work to be done there's still a field to be plowed and sown but the thing is they're saying this they're giving information what the other side's plan is 
And if I could just lay out an example real briefly, I want to share with you what the plan is. Tell me if this is not genius plan. They actually have my brother in place with Disney. He gets small contracts from Disney with a Sheraton down there as a holding device. He's supposed to claim my work. If anything happens to me and I get hauled off or worse, then what happens is he's supposed to claim my work and say, I wrote this, Tom took it from me. So in the family, and then Warner Brothers and Disney are going to say, um, we're trying to help his brother because Tom took it from him and he was so kind he didn't make a fuss. We're giving the work back to him because he wrote it for us. He wrote it for us. So now they get the family bought to take the work to give it to them and claim uh, famous and claim you know notoriety by taking the work God rendered. Not and through them, know, but to claim it. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to throw out a movie here and it's called Big Eyes. Um, it's on Netflix right now, but it's about an artist. Um, I forget her name. It, it, uh, Keen, I believe is the, the gentleman's name, but, um, it's about a, it's about a wife and she does this beautiful art of children with big eyes. And so she meets this guy and then all of a sudden he starts taking credit for her art. And I know it's very hard for everyone to believe that this can actually happen, what Tom's saying, but mm -hmm. in the art world, it can happen, it happens all the time. Um, matter of fact, you know, I even say, you know, it's kind of funny, the judge actually summoned them to do the art because they were, you know, one was trying to say that they owned it, the other said that they didn't. Like Tom, for instance, if we put you down in, in front of a typewriter or a, a computer, you can start writing scripts, whereas your brother probably cannot, you know? Yeah. And so that's the only real way to know, but these people, they don't care. No, it's no, not no, about no. that. They're no. actually, they're, they're out to kill, still and destroy. Exactly. They actually give them faux novels. Thank you for sharing that because they give them faux novels. My brother's work is called, get this, Sophia Stewart's work called The Third Eye. They don't, they make jokes all through. My brother's work is called Second Sight. But it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Even my cousin, this is awful. So they have to make it, they at least look like he's a published author to make the claim, right? And his best friends online are supposed to be the senior writers at Warner Brothers and Disney and everything else. They're setting it up because they want to claim it in-house. If they claim it in-house, all concerns are done. If something happens to me, which I'm not going to allow it, if something happened to me, then they can, they, they're ready to push it through the court of their choice, their venue, like they did the, through the first case, and say, look, there are no other contestants. The family members are here saying it's our work anyway, so we're just going to go ahead and clear this. Yes, judge. Yes, judge. The judge is in place. So see how it works? So that's the strategy that Disney came up with through Mike Lang of Disney, the one, uh, Harvey Weinstein's boss, under Michael Eiser. This is the strategy they came up with to steal work, is you employ the family with well-rewarded family members to claim after the demise of the actual author that the brother stole it from the brother and it was meant as a gift to them. So they didn't steal the work in the end. It was stolen by the brother from the brother who meant it for Warner Brothers and Disney. I think it's brilliant. It's a brilliant strategy. Well, well it is, but the, the thing is, it's the same strategy they've employed over and over and over. And just, just like you said, you know, they, they plant this thing and then all they need is the headline because there's never the retraction or anything. It, that never makes the news, right? right? They just need to steer the public opinion, opinion and steer mass formation, remember those words, into, you know, what their narrative is. And, mm. you know, but I want to go back because these are very scared and weak people. You're oh, exactly yes. right, Tom, when you say that. 
They are very scared and they're weak. And, you know, right now is so dangerous because we are almost there. And as you said, if, uh, if we're coming up to the food part in the script, mm-hmm. uh, and the script has been accurate so far, right. uh, then we are at the end of this thing. And, That's right. And we are going to win it. Uh, but it's going to be some tough times going forward. Uh, so, Tom, tell us about the stadiums. How do the stadiums play into this? Okay, this is perfect, Jeff. And thank you for what you just shared. It was brilliantly articulated. And I want to also I want to take off your lead on the stadium. I'm going to talk about the food shortage into the stadium, if I may. And you just said about it being, you know, it's in the end, near the end of the script. I'm reading from page 93 of 128 pages. And this one, it rips along. This is when the pages turn fast. It's all about the ending. Now, I'm going to read what the food shortages is in the original screenplay that becomes The Matrix. Keep in mind, they took the Immortals title, I-M-M-O-R-T-A-L-S, rearranged the letters to get Matrix, adding an X. Think on it. That's what they did. That's what I'm told by the industry. They did that on purpose. They didn't take the th- places, the names that were in place. Here it is. Okay. Larray is the character. See, Trinity is Trinity because there's three love interests to our main character, the Neo character, which is Jim Reese. So we have three love interests. So basically he gets by having loved ones taken away and trying to keep going and survive to finish the job. Welcome to my world. So here's what Larray says. They shut off the food traders' access to the city. There's no food. They say our own people are to blame. And then this is very important to me in my life. Think of this, what I've gone through and others like me. Jim Reese, which is now the main character in Terminal List, now being uh, pub, uh, broadcast or uh, advertised all over Prime, Amazon Prime now, is Jim Reese in the Terminal List. They're doing this on purpose and they're timing this on purpose because Jim Reese is the main character, Neo, that represents myself that actually Keanu Reeves read off on set. So here it goes. Jim responds, Luray, listen, being around me puts you in danger. If you don't want me to go, or stay, I'll go. And she says, this is your room. I'm glad you came back. That's someone really standing up. Now, what happens with the stadium? Here's what I've understood from the inside. I wasn't sure why God had me put the stadium in, like I said, like a silver pen and other things that were confusing, like the second council where the Jewish people had the council where they had no power. I've just learned, just to ride this to see how this goes with God, is that I just learned today, watching on Mark Fenton program on YouTube, that in the Jewish ghettos in World War II, the Nazis allowed the Jewish people councils that had no power. It was to exploit them. That's in the screenplay. Three decades later, I learned why the council's there in exactly the same way it was the ghettos in Warsaw. I didn't know that. Now I understand second council's wow. in there. And what, they, and what they put in Matrix? Council. They put council. And what they want to put in there? The stadium. Jeff, the stadium. And they said, it was, they were told it was too expensive over budget, so they didn't put the stadium in, but they wanted to. And the stadium in ours is where the architect tells the oracle, you have to, because the oracle seems ambiguous. He seems, it's actually a man, not a woman. And actually he's, he's going like he's going to comply. He says he has everything he needs because he's actually going to get the information to give the underground, the people who actually believe information about the Armageddon coming. And he's given a chip for the back of the neck. They're laid out these chips that have all the information on it about the coming Armageddon because the architect believes that he's gonna work with them to bring the people out to the stadium. And he does, not for the architect, for God. So, the stadium. What's going on in present day? The food shortages precede the stadium. 
And what happens is there'll be an alert going out that people are supposed to gather at shelters in this country, shelters and also in Europe, shelters and stadiums. They're told, go there with your families, you'll be safe, you'll be provided for in the crisis moment when they trigger this movement. The f I it's actually in the script called The Harvest. It's called The Harvest. It's actually in there. And so what happens is the people are sent to the stadiums and lo and behold, here's what it's, what's gonna happen, apparently. They're gonna say the food trucks, just like it said right there, I just read you, are gonna have trouble getting through. We're having problems, stay tight there, everybody with your family, stay tight, everything, help is on the way. And what's gonna happen is they're gonna say, okay, listen, we're gonna give transport, train station scene, buses, train station scene, for your children. We're gonna help your children get out of the stadiums now, but you stay tight. Uh, and you'll be following soon. No, you're not. And what's interesting is they'll take the children, the select children they've chosen, to absorb into the reset world, into the elites, deletes world, honoring delete it's a phrase. So that's what the plan is. They did this in World War II. In World War II, they picked children, especially in the Eastern Front, that looked Aryan and had the right makeup, they thought, and they gave them to German families to be reprogrammed as their kids. That was a program to help repopulate and make sure the German people thrived. So what you have right now is the same plan as being put in place to take the children on trains. I get emotional about the train station scene. Keep in mind that Wachowski said the train station scene is just a subplot. Really? Then why is it in there? Because it's in my work as they make it up as they go along with a 20 foot rule. If you're within 20 feet, you're fired. But they, Made it up as they went along, they would stick everything in to be clever for every image, every concept. So when goes the train station, they say it's just a subplot. The train station is a warning. Because what's going to happen is in mine, or God's, if you take the red pill, you can pass through the security devices. What's the security devices at the train station? Liquid mirrors. So they lifted that image out, simplified it. It's supposed to be a crowded scene. Two scenes made into one, again, for budget concerns. So what's happening is at the stadiums, they'll take the children, and they'll let the people turn on each other to prove that they're low class, to prove that they took each other out. Well, people are going to get desperate, right? They're going to get desperate. They're going to turn on each other probably if they're starving. The delete want to prove that the people who are the masses are not worth saving, that the reset for the world, it'll be a sustainable planet and basically a utopia, they think. It's you're going to show that they're on the higher level by letting the lower level tear themselves apart at stadiums. That's what they want. Now, here's how you answer that. What God gave me was this. We contact officials and say, are stadiums going to be used in case of crisis? You're going to hear yes. Are those stadiums stocked with three months of dry goods and baby formula and food for those people? I have a, I'm tearing right now because I have a heart for the people. The answer is not going to be yes. They're not going to stock it. They have the facilities to stock there. They have a stadium. They've got refrigeration units. They've got, they've got dry goods storage all over the place. They have to do it for games, right? Ball games, football games, but they're not going to do it because the plan is that it's not going to be there, that they have the excuse that we don't have, the trucks aren't getting through, the food's not getting through. BS. It could all be set right now. It could all be there right now, but they're not going to agree to it right now. They don't want that. They want to eliminate, what was it? The final solution. Have the masses gathered. And then it's house to house for those that don't go. I know exactly what the plan is. God gave exactly what all this stuff is in the screenplay. And have you seen the original work on the screen yet? No. You said three decades, Jeff. God laid it out. And they fought and fought to keep it. Now, their biggest concern right now, and that's from Sophia Stewart's calls to me, 
is that the work's going to be made as is. There's a deal on the table right now from Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics is owned by Disney. Marvel Comics wants my work made as a blend. They want to do Cypher Man and Immortals together. And I've got email after email, text message after text message from Paul Anderson and others in Marvel Comics to do a blended work. If we do a blended work, does that solve the problem? Does that give God's word that he channels through the script? All the warnings and everything in there, does that solve the problem if we do a blend? No. But if the work is done originally as it is, you're going to see everything answered. One of the things that uh, I picked up on there, Tom, is, is the fact that that section is called The Harvest. And, mm-hmm. you know, the enemy is always trying to, co- he tries to copy everything that God is going to do. And in the very end times, God has promised us this amazing harvest, end time harvest. Mm-hmm. And it's an end time harvest of souls. Mm-hmm. But they want to do an end time harvest of souls themselves. Right. And awesome. what they have planned is not good at no. all. And ladies and gentlemen, don't go to the stadiums. No. <laughs> Thank you. You're right, go, Jeff. Go. Don't go to the stadiums. Don't go to the stadiums. Yes, you can go to some other place in the mountains or something like that. Those people will last the longest. But I'll tell you what, I don't think it's going to happen. God's going to blow it. All these elite, like we said, that are going off to be these resorts and wait for the reset now, that the excuse is that they've been in tribunals. No, they're not. They're living it up and they're waiting for the reset to come out. Just think of how they're going to appear with their tail between their legs, coming back into a world where the remnant and people who actually follow God and had the wherewithal to survive this and had the word from him actually prevented the reset through God's hands. And they're going to come back to the world now, come back out of the hiding, come back from the resorts, not to a world where it's a one world society where they elite control, delete control it, but actually to a world where God had his children and his people trump them, take over and come back and use. He spoke to us. He showed us what to do and we faithfully followed. That's what's amazing. I'm blown away by what he gave me as the work. I'm blown away because the studios are all drunk on it. They all were like, they all keep saying, as they, as they pull out the chair for me, they say, we're fans of your work. It's not my work. It's God's work. You're fans of God's work. Of course they are, because they want to copy it. So, Tom, uh, there's some questions in the comments, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, uh, but there, you know, some people are, you know, when they're listening, they're hearing, you know, because on other shows, and I know you've been on a couple other shows with um, Madison and Jesse and others that are saying, you know, that they've been to tribunals and things like that. What would you say about that? I say, I love my sisters in Christ. I'm not here to negate or take them on. I'm giving you what I'm guided. Let's call it the world of the screenplay, the world of the immortals. What God gave me in the immortals world, in what he showed me as prophecy, is that these tribunal things are supposed to be misleading the people and thinking it's being done for them. In the screenplay itself, the people are supposed to believe it's being done for them. There's even the false flags in there. And the guy's saying, I need my ratings up. I need this to happen. I need this now. The people have to have the fear. They have to believe this. And they also have to believe it's being done for them so that they don't get involved. We all should be getting involved. So my sisters in Christ, I lift them. I I just had exchanges with Jesse, Madison also, but Jesse and I just had some wonderful threads. Love her to death. And the thing is, if we end up disagreeing on tribunals, I say don't negate anything. Let everything lay on the table. 
let's not negate anything. And so if she believes in tribunals, that's fine. I support Jesse believing in that. Do I believe in tribunals? As her brother in Christ, I say my leadings and my guidance is exactly what I just told you is that the people are supposed to think it's being done for them and the military is going to step in. The military is, in my, what I'm getting is the military won't step in. We can both say what we believe. Don't negate, leave everything on the table. We can figure it out by seeing all the puzzle pieces on the table and the picture will come to be. We can't take puzzles pieces away because one says one thing and one says another. So people need to choose. But if we're all on the same side and wanting to finish this, then we need every puzzle piece on the table, even those that belong to other puzzles. Let's finish the work. Let's do it together. The best thing the other side wants is us turning on each other. So let's not turn on each other over issues. I'm telling you what I'm led, what I'm given, but I'm saying too that I'm not gonna say Jesse's wrong. I love her. Madison too, love her. We have wonderful exchanges, but I'm giving you what God's giving me to say in my situation from the work. And I'd love, you know. Let me chime so. in here because this is a, this is something really, really important. And, you know, if there have been tribunals, we don't have public evidence of them, okay? Mm -hmm. We have not seen people being hung. We have not seen confession tapes. We have not seen these things. Doesn't mean maybe this there is a secret plan. Maybe there is. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, this has to happen this way. Okay, that's fine. But I think at some point, people have to stand up. And the point. time has passed. We You're cannot, right. We cannot just trust in an invisible, uh, you know, thing that's that people are saying. And and you know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. It doesn't matter. The well people said. have to get involved because yes. this is not going to end unless we all get involved. And it's not going to end until people wake up. It's not going to end until we take it back. It's as Amen. simple as that, folks. Amen, Jeff. Nothing Amen. is going to be done to you. Santa ain't coming, folks. No, 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 he's not. And you know what God gave me to? God gave me this. I'll share you what he gave me, with me. gave me. He gave me this the other day to answer the tribunal question. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'll answer it for you and see if this does not make sense. When you had the Nuremberg trials, right, about the concentration camps, you had the Nuremberg trials after they were freed from the concentration camps. So if this is going on with there's tribunals, then why aren't the children free? The children are still being held. You didn't see Nuremberg happen, the Nuremberg trials, with the people saying, oh, you stay in the concentration camps, stay in there until we're done these tribunals. No, that they were freed first, and then you had the tribunals. I say that with passion. That's what God gave me to point out. And so this thing about the tribunals, no, yes. Now, there's some truth to it that after this all happens, you'll probably see tribunals. But right now, it's jumping the gun. It's jumping the gun because they haven't happened yet. Why? Because the children aren't freed yet. Do you think they'd leave them in captivity, suffering and tortured and scared if they were having tribunals? What, you just took away the prison guards? You just took away those that put them away? And the children still have to stay there? No. No. They're going to see the light of day. They're going to celebrate life. And they're going to come out free. That's what we're working for. And so that's what gets me, guys, is that the children aren't free yet. And the plan, too, was to release a few here, a few there, so certain uh, alphabet boys look good like heroes, but they could release them all at once. They know exactly where they are. And so what we're doing right now, I'm going to follow the word God gave me and that understand the plan was people are supposed to think it's being done for them, but God wants the word out that it's not. Like Jeff said it so well, 
we need to be active right now. We need to get very, very busy right now. It's dangerous. We're 20, 20 what, 20 yards from the goal? We need to finish the runs. 20 we yards. do not. That's right. Yep. So we, I we are. And, and Tom, I agree with you in terms of, I would say that it doesn't matter. And if you are, you know, my biggest thing, Tom, is, is people who are still sitting on the fence doing absolutely nothing in their communities. I think it's, I think it's absolutely wrong. I think it's wrong that you would not get involved in your elections in some way and really fight for those paper ballots as a whole. Like just you, everybody can do a four year request. Um, there are simple things that can be done. We've given it out on other shows. I don't want to go into it here. But in terms of what you can do, you know, some people say I don't have enough time. OK, well, you have two minutes to send an email if you and, and no disrespect but if you have time to listen to us right now you have two minutes to send an email and um, there are you know certain sites that you can go to um, that already have like emails written they will even pay for the FOIA request um, if anybody needs to know those um, I would say you go back and listen to some of the election videos um, but true the vote is one of them they will actually pay for your FOIA your four-year request if you just cc them on it because we must stop the the only thing we have is our vote our votes must be done on paper if you look at it in a precinct there's about a thousand even in the city of miami largest cities in in you know one of the largest cities in the country okay there's about a thousand people that vote per per precinct there's about 10 workers that work in those precincts so you're telling me that those people can't count to count to a hundred i mean are you serious mm -hmm. then if that's the case they don't need to be there that's right I mean, we're gonna scare yeah we're gonna scare the other side it's great points you're making because we are not what i'm gonna tell people is jesse and i are close jeff and i have always been close he's my brother he's my friend and i i think what happened today could strengthen us and it's like look what we're doing right now we're standing up to finish the work we kept saying to each other Let's finish the work. Let's do this. Let's finish the work and get the work done and together. And it's like, that's the right answer. And I think people need to realize that um, if you want to go with the idea of tribunals, go with it. It's kind of like this. The picture I get is a battlefield and we're all on the battlefield on the front lines. And listen, people, it's mayhem. If you want to follow Tom and, and you want to follow Jeff and Chris, if you want to follow us into the battle, we need your help on this end. If you want to follow Jesse into battle on the, the other side there on the right wing, go with her. Let's not fight each other. So if try, you know, let's, let's just say anything's neg nothing's negated, anything's possible. But I know what I'm led. Jeff has lifted what it is, and I thank you, Jeff, for doing that. And you, you have the script, and it's like all that stuff. Like you said, you're the one that said it's prophetic. So I'm calling people on our side of the field to do our part to win this war, as Jesse and Madison do their part on the other side of the battlefield. Right. Absolutely. That's what we're gonna do. And, and it's I, and time. I, and I and I want to say this in their defense, because, you know, when it comes to it, it's not really a question of is it happening or is it not really, it doesn't matter. No. And I'm going to say this in, in terms of Nuremberg, do you guys know that Nuremberg, I mean, people still today in Germany, I know people from Nuremberg that graduated from Nuremberg high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're in their eighties. And do you know that they never knew about the Nuremberg 
trials, like in their 80s today. And and these are very well-traveled people, very well-educated, you know, and married to a Jewish person, okay? They still didn't know what the Nuremberg Code was. They didn't know what the Nuremberg trials were. And they certainly didn't know that it happened in their hometown where they grew up. And they're 80 years old, okay? So... So I'm just going to say, like, uh, people just don't know. Some people don't know. Some people are never going to believe. They'll never believe Jesse or Madison. You know, but, and it really doesn't matter. The point is you have to clean up your own house, and then you have to clean up your own yes. town, and you have yes. to help your neighbors. Well said, Christy. Well said. And I'm, I'm going to say it one more time. What God gave me, too, is the children will be freed, and then you'll have tribunals. You don't leave the people starving in the concentration camps. They're freed first. That's number one priority. Then you go to tribunals. First you free the kids. And that's where God has put it on my heart so strong. And that's what the image I had in my mind when I wrote the work. We're free the kids first. I don't even want to hear about a tribunal until these, friends, these kids are safe. What are we doing? How I dare we have any kind of action without the kids free? Free the kids first. Sorry. Passionate about it. And there's no, hundreds I, of thousands of them. Yes! Hundreds of thousands. And I yes, think there's certain people, and I do think there's certain people that know exactly what's going on. And yes. those people right now are having their own kids taken away because of the very high profile fathers, such as, um, such as Megan Walsh. You know, and I don't know Megan personally. Okay, this is not nothing personal against anyone or for anyone for that matter. Okay, but you know, I do believe that she has to know a lot, and I believe her dad knows even more. And Tom, didn't you say something about having um, John Walsh come to you at some point? He had me on his premiere program in 1988 when Pat Robertson was running for president. In that very year in October, I was brought in to be the lead role. Robert Witt, America's Most Wanted, Walsh and the FBI heads took me to dinner and gave me a card at that dinner that said, please extend every courtesy to Tom Althaus while Robertson was grooming me. Wow. Okay. So just to clarify, that is John Walsh on America's Most Wanted gave you a card from the FBI. Yes. It says Sheriff's Department. The FBI had the Sheriff's Department write this up and gave it to me at the dinner. Please extend your courtesy to Tom Aldous. I have it. And anybody can look up online and see, look up Robert Witt, Tom Aldhouse actor, Robert Witt, October 1988, premiere America's Most Wanted and see if I'm not there. Wow. <laughs> there are no coincidences. Man, this thing is coming full circle, and that's just more evidence of God being at work. Let me tell you. I'll that tell you, more e evidence. So that this should strengthen your faith, everybody. Strengthen your faith. Strengthen your resolve. God has our back. It's not <laughs> anyone else. I believe there's good people in the military working uh, towards the same goal. Don't get me wrong. I believe that there's good people working in very powerful places, mm -hmm. but it's God that is going to bring us through this, but we have to take action. God always calls his people to take action. You know, when they, when they were up against the Red Sea, Moses had to turn around, had to put that staff in the water. If he mm -hmm. didn't put the staff in the water, God wasn't going to divide the water. There had mm -hmm. to be action, folks. And so, you know, the things that Christy was mentioning, very important. It's very important we all get involved 
now in any way you can. Yes, yes. Well said, Jeff. Well said, my friend, my brother. Well said. Because this is also what God wants. God made this very clear. The other side claims ego, narcissist, we're egos, we're deluded. No, we know from God. I wrote a work. Why does that make me, they say I'm a celebrity? All I did was write down what I was given to write. I wrote it down. Why would that make me so special? It doesn't. I wrote down what God gave me to write because everything's supposed to go to his glory. Everything's for his glory. And I'm not stupid enough to try to take that glory away at all. I don't have an ego anymore. I just want to finish the work, get the kids free, and enjoy loved ones and my brother, sisters that I value. It's my circle. Those that have intellect, have a heart, compassion, that's where we're set above the rest that believe it's just about power. So I appreciate you having me on. We appreciate it, and uh, I'll tell you, there, as I said, there's no coincidences. There's a reason why things happen this way today. Uh, you said some really important stuff here today, Tom, and I thank you for it. And Christy, I, I'm so thankful for you. Uh, I know how busy your schedule is, and to uh, to allot this amount of time uh, to come back on with us, you, you know, you add so much to the show, Christy. And uh, uh, you know, I, I just want to say this, uh, folks, about about Christy. She is a fighter, man. <laughs> you have no idea how many things Christy is involved in and how many fronts. There is, not, there is not a challenge that this woman will not stand up to. And uh, she's extremely courageous. She's gifted. Uh, and she's action, action, action. And, uh, you know, there, there's one of my favorite artists, uh, Christian artists. Uh, he's deceased now, but his name was Rich Mullins. And he has a song that I always think of, and it's Faith Without Works is as useless as a screen door on a submarine. <laughs> That's it. awesome, so, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, so do you know do you know that. what do you know what motivates me? And I just want to tell everybody this, and I really appreciate your kind words, and I appreciate Tom coming back on as well. Um, but what really motivates me is seeing how little we actually have to do to get action okay the problem is we don't do anything a lot of times because number one either maybe we don't know what to do and i'm talking about from like having your local park cleaned up to just holding your government accountable for some things but when we take action and sometimes it's the smallest amount of action that we take um they actually do things a lot of times. They will actually do them or they start to ship shape up. You know, we have these ship shape, ship shapers, but then our government tries to ship shape up and then they expose themselves at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what motivates me. And, and you know, every, like Tom said, things, different things motivate each other. And I'm just going to say this. If you are an advocate for children as Tom is and, 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 every, and Jesse and Madison, you know what? You have children in your neighborhood that are in CPS. Do some FOIA requests on CPS. Find out what you can do to help these children. Okay, because or to get your CPS shut down as a whole, at least look at the data on it. 
Okay, so Megan is a great person to follow for that. She gives a lot of statistics out on CPS and what they're really about. She can tell you what to request. Actually, on her Twitter, she was actually um, do it, telling you what to request FOIA-wise. So I do believe when, when these people speak, we should take action. When Tom speaks, we should take action of what, you know, you might even suggest, Tom. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I think that there needs to be an investigation. We need to push for investigations, for transparency in certain organizations that have been gotten away with policing themselves. Enough with policing themselves. Policing yourselves is not policing at all. These organizations need to be held accountable. They need to be transparent about everything because they're, they, they get corrupt often because they get to hide everything they're doing. And they, they'll look at what's the more profitable carrot on the stick in the trail. And it ends up with our children suffering. We need to reveal, have transparency, and also claim back our power as a society to say, okay, no, we're not gonna just allow these um, people just hauled off or these children without answers to our questions because of legalities you're coming up with. No, we want full transparency. We want also an ability to stop organizations policing themselves. That's, that's saying that no one's, gonna, no one's gonna be able to stop them. That's exactly right. Tom, uh, you, you set me up perfectly for what I was just about to say, because one of the biggest things we can do as a whole, as a society, is the ex exactly non-compliance. You see, yes. there's something called word magic. And so these people who think they are all powerful because they sit in a desk that's elevated off the ground and stuff like that, they think because they write words on a paper that it rules your life. No, it does not. Listen, as a society, we know right and wrong. We know right and wrong, and we're not going to go along with wrong anymore. And, yes. and taking someone's kids who does not deserve to have their kids taken away, that's wrong. And that's we right. need to stand up as a community. We need to, and when someone says, no, I identify as he, she, or something like that. No, do you got a dick or do you have a vagina? Mm -hmm. You're one or the other. I'm not going to lie to make your know. feelings better. I'm not, we're not going along with any of this stuff right. anymore. Right. Just stand up. Don't care if you offend people. You know what? God is not a God of confusion. And, and right. something that I've lived my life by uh, for at least the last 30 years is diplomacy causes confusion. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. Diplomacy causes confusion. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. They're a nice person. Hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. they, they, they need a reality check. Wake mm -hmm. them up. Save them from themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. You know, somebody, but somebody stop said, complying. Don't go along with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right, Jeff. Deb says we're not participating in their delusion. That's exactly right because it is delusion. Even I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys. Even some of my gay friends are like, just stop even buying into their BS because it's a lie. They're, they're even lying to themselves. Mm -hmm. You're right, Christy. I see this image of um, there's a home. The ch let's just illustrate it this way. The children are in that home. Now, we know, like Jeff said, hundreds of thousands. But the children represented in this image are in that home. And we're having a dialogue outside that home. We're going to go ahead and get them and save them. You said about Nuremberg, where the people in Germany, a lot of them, even in their 80s, don't know what happened. Well, you know what's being said? 
is that the German people are responsible for what happened in the Auschwitz and the other camps, all those different camps, Dachau and the rest. They're saying they're responsible. What about us? What yeah, about people exactly nowadays right. with the children? Are we not responsible for these children that are put up? The other side is going to say we were compliant. And what Jeff was saying too, basically like that we were compliant and went along with it. We do not go along with it. Like Jeff said, we're going to say the words. We do not go along with it. We're going to no, do everything in our power to get them free and take action. We do not. And if, and if you are, you know, and, and this is the other thing. When you are in the know, you're actually responsible for do, playing a part in it. So either you're going to play the part oh, of sitting silent, yeah. waiting yeah. on the Marines to come in or yeah. the U.S. military to come in, or you can play a part right now, today, and take an action. And you know what? I just try to take one action a day, at least one a day. Beautiful. And trust Beautiful. me, you, you'll get somewhere. And you That's know what? Make a list. Put it on a calendar. Hmm. What are you going to do today? Hmm. That's perfect because I'm saying let's find out if the stadiums are stocked. Just in case it gets down to that point, I think God's going to turn this all around and we're going to succeed because we're having this dialogue right now. We just, we just defeated the enemy by coming on the air together and being brothers and sisters. And also, when I was given that work to write, you said it, I felt a tremendous responsibility, but they didn't let me put it forward. They didn't let me pour it. And God bless you guys and other courageous hosts that are allowing us to put this forward now. And now they want to make the film as is. We can turn everything around. God's work, God's word. What Jeff said was prophetic, just in this, this specific aspect of this whole big board where many people are involved and are making a difference. We can do a lot. So thank you guys again. Thank you again. And I've heard some amazing points, and I hope people are enlivened and encouraged too, because right now the other side's falling apart, turning on themselves, because the rule in the cabal is you don't reveal the cabal, but also the rule in the cabal is somebody has to be responsible for failure. And they failed. They feel That's, right. That's right. All right. Well, let's let's leave it there, folks. But if, if I could just close with a with just a simple, uh, actionable thing, start to get together in your community. Find find those few people that are around you that are like minded. Uh, get get some. Get get two or three if you can, even or or more. But uh, and then you know the three of you or the five of you or the ten of you. It will multiply will start showing up when things are happening and you will make a difference. Stand and be counted. And so with that, I want to thank every single one of you for being here. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Christy, for being back okay. here. And uh, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. <laughs>